And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to Talk of the Tune. Do not adjust your podcasting set. This is Hodgie instead of Will. Recording today is with Gray. How are you, Gray? You well? I'm very good. Good to be back. Good. I missed the last episode, but that's life. Well, Will's missing this episode. He is at the San Siro in Milan with substitute teacher Ali Fraser and also friend of the podcast. Cunners, I hope they had a good time sitting in the Milan end, the home end, sitting on their hands for the whole game. <laughs> right up in the gods as well, by the looks of it. Yeah, massive Good biz, Ivy. They were there and we weren't, but... Nevertheless, we shall just proceed to see how things get on. So apologise if everything goes really tits up, but we'll give it a go. Eh? Why not? Just before we get going, I remember to do the socials. Will does not. So you can follow us on Twitter at TOTT Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at TOTT underscore podcast. You can search us on Facebook at TOTT Podcast. And we are available on all major podcast platforms. If you would like to give us a little five-star review, that would be epic. And even better if you could tell your pals, friends, family, grandma, granddad, whoever about us, if they can listen as well, that would be absolutely amazing. So we'll go on but we do start with a little bit of sad news there was an incident in Milan involving a Newcastle United fan who unfortunately got stabbed we don't know anything about it all we want to do is wish this lad a speedy recovery I think he was quite responsive at the hospital which is good news to start with so hopefully he can get well and get back to the UK and resume his daily life of being an absolute top Newcastle supporter following them near and far so best of wishes towards him but as we go on we'll see what happens so first game in the Champions League for 20 years and 184 days, which is absolutely mental. Finished nil-nil before we proper get into the, the nitty-gritty of it. Great. How did you feel when that Champions League music started going again? Because bearing in mind, we were probably about 10 years old when we last heard it. <laughs> did it revert you back to being a giddy little child staying up late? I was fortunate to go to a lot of the Champions League games at St. James. It just gives you goosebumps. It really does. Those memories come flooding back. What got me more was the pride on a lot of our players' faces. Jacob Murphy always hits the headlines, doesn't he? His luck was just like, I just can't believe I'm here. Like, what is about to happen? And yeah, I mean, that I think just summed it up. And it's just so, so good to be back. It's really good for me to hear about the players just like absolutely absorbing the kind of atmosphere. As we go into the game, I guess, a couple of stats probably need to be put out there just to give a bit of context into the game. Obviously, 0-0, a 52 to 48% possession. 
They had 25 shots to our six. They only managed nine on target. We only managed one on target. And they had 16 fouls to our 13. We'll get into the fouls a little bit later on. But a couple of changes from the last game. We had Tonali in for Anderson, obviously the Milan boy, back to his hometown, his home stadium. I think he did an okay job whilst being there, whilst getting the massive amount of booze and stuff. You had Murphy in for Barnes, also starting ahead of Miggy, who would normally probably be in that spot. And then Isaac on for Wilson. Gray, would these have been your choices that you would have probably rung from the start or would you have stuck with something similar the last time? You kind of expect to see the back four remain the same. Hope, obviously, ever present in goal. Almost a little bit surprised to see Bruno start back-to-back, especially alongside Tenali. But I think, yeah, having Joel Internaut and a couple of youngsters on the bench, Bruno does have European experience, so important for him to be there. He's waited for this moment for his entire Newcastle career, as his Instagram post said earlier <laughs> today. So I think he would have been a bit miffed to have been sat on the bench, wouldn't he? But I think the biggest shock of all was to see Murphy start. Ben probably get into the game a little bit, but I think that's probably quite a clever tactical approach from Hal. And yeah, I think I certainly was a little bit shocked because yeah, you'd, you'd expect to see Miggy probably start there, especially since he didn't start on Saturday. So the first thought was actually, yeah, we've got a bit of pace up front and we might take the game to Milan fullbacks a bit, which we did in the first few minutes. Tenali, Champions League pedigree there. I think he's played a total of 12 games, all in the red and black of Milan before today. So this rounds off an unlucky 13 for him. Didn't quite manage the win, but a, a point, I think, good enough away from home to start off anyway. First points in 20 plus years. Isaac as well has had that kind of football and that pedigree, so probably wise for him to maybe get a bit of start because you'd have thought he probably knows how it goes from this point on. He's had that exposure to it. And then, yeah, I think Murphy was a good choice. I think it gives a bit of that cover, especially on that left-hand side where they have some absolute blistering pace with that Theo Hernandez and that Liao, the Portuguese lad up top. Absolutely rapid and <laughs> we all get into him. There's many points to be made about his kind of overlapping runs and players there. But to go through the game, I suppose, quite open for the first few minutes, then Milan soon took charge and we weathered a, a pretty heavy storm early on. Bearing that in mind, obviously, the standard kind of defence and you know how it's going to work, but Pope really stood up. Does Pope, in that kind of performance that he's just given, get a man a match for us? I don't know for the whole game, but especially for Newcastle United, do you think he has a strong shout for for getting that medal? I mean, I mean, I think it would be hard to pick anyone else on the pitch. He pretty much single-handedly kept us in the game, especially in that first half when we were in a wave and wave of attack. And it just felt like, we were going to break at any point. I think it was probably in the first probably 25 minutes or so. Like I say, we started off reasonably well in the first 10 minutes and just seemed to fail to grow into the game like AC Milan did. And then they just got a bit of confidence. I think we made a few sloppy passes and played them in. Yeah, and Pope came up with some really good saves. Fortunately, a lot of those saves were from distance. But again, he had, I think, one set up was it Giroud or I'm probably going to butcher his name, Gokruzzi. <laughs> <laughs> at least you give it a go, man. <laughs> Coming in at the back post and managed to stand up, hit his body and yeah, he just made some very good saves. Typical Pope knows where to be at the right time and we weathered that storm really well. I mean, to go in at nil-nil, I think we were probably more fortunate than not. There was one instant, which I, I feel we have very harshly done by and I think we probably should have had a penalty 
Mm-hmm. Do you want to explain how that came about, just for the people that might not have seen it? Yeah, Longstaff somehow manages to find himself in these great positions in the 18-yard box, and he's just kind of driving in, and the defender was behind him. And it looked almost the second Longstaff was about to raise his foot for a shot, he got a very strong forearm and elbow into his back, which knocked him off balance and sent him to the ground. And I feel like anywhere else on the pitch, that's a free kick. And he's clearly about to strike the ball. So for me, for the referee just to wave that away, and I don't know how VAR and things come into play in the Champions League, which I know sounds a bit unlike me being <laughs> up to up to speed on some of the rules. But yeah, just a little surprise that that wasn't given. And even the commentators were saying, oh, there's not enough contact for him to go down. But when you see it, there's a clear force and forearm and elbow in his back. And it's like every player is going to fall over in that position. Mm. And it is enough to knock someone off balance as they're probably about to strike the ball. So for me, I think, yeah, hard done by, but I'm not going to rant on about the referee, but I thought he <laughs> was dreadful. We're going to get back to that bit, don't worry. <laughs> it's on my notes to bring it up. I think the the commentators on uh, Radio 5 Live, I can't remember what the, one of them was called, but the other one was Pat Nevin, which is a, a Chelsea kind of legend. He was saying he was looking for it and he's went down a little bit soft. I think in the whole kind of space of the game, since I've seen back on highlights and stuff, there's a lot of soft challenges, but that's what you expect when you're playing against an Italian team. But as a kind of Premier League, we're usually probably a bit more stronger with these kind of things. And for them not to even, well, I don't, like I say, I don't know really how VAR works. I should probably have a little bit of a SWAT session on how it works in the Champions League, but to have no mention of it neither, especially when I was driving up, listening to the radio, they didn't even say check complete or anything about it, which I thought was quite interesting because like you say, in the Premier League, we would have been straight on it and we would have had an answer probably within the first 10, 15 seconds or so. So maybe this can be a little bit hard done by there. There was a couple of their kind of chances which I think you were relating to as well to do with the referee not having a strong game. I think Ruben Loftus-Cheek was probably lucky not to get an early yellow card as well with the amount of shirt pulling that was going on. Do you want to elaborate on your little (laughs) rant? I suppose it can go take two. Loftus-Cheek, I counted probably four or five in the first half and AC Milan did it consistently throughout the game. No matter where it was, it didn't matter if they were defending a corner, if they were attacking the goal. Anywhere, they just had handfuls of our players' shit. And you could see it clearly on TV. You could see it clearly in replays. And they got away with it so, so many times. But the ones which were given tended to be players just pulling shirts back around the halfway line. Very typical Man City, European kind of style football of if you don't win the ball back, foul them before they get in your own half type nonsense. And Loftus-Cheek in particular did it four or five times in that first half and the referee didn't even consider booking him. Premier League, two of those, you should be in the book. In my opinion, probably one of those because it is blatant what you're trying to do. But the best teams in the world get away with it and they were all doing it. And it was just a bit frustrating because it didn't really allow us to flow and just stopped our counter-attacking football. And that in particular where the likes of Isaac really thrive, like running into space, running onto the ball, I think that probably hampered his game a little bit. And I'm sure we'll come back to Isaac. Yeah, it's just a bit frustrating. And obviously, I think where it's a bit more mouse and understanding of the levels you can go to in the Champions League and what you might get away with or not, I don't know. But yeah, AC Milan certainly worked that part out very quickly and managed to interrupt our flow very, very well. Yeah. A couple of incidents, I think, for both teams as well. And the referee obviously wanted to let it go, was expecting quite a physical game. And 
I mean, look at it. AC Milan, first game of the Champions League. They got the semi-finals last year. They want to try and assert their dominance, so they're going to be that physical, aggressive team early on, especially at home with a hyped-up crowd, knowing that we're coming in as maybe as a bit of underdogs and we're going to give it a go. So I can see how it all panned out. Maybe the referee could have dished out a card or two early on and it might have settled it down, but I think we were still in for quite a good game. That kind of concludes the first half. We don't really going to go into their chances too much. They did have quite a few early on. I think it was five saves for the first half or six saves for Pope, which is definitely Tester's medal. A couple of them straight at him, but he dealt with the trickier ones really well. Moving into the second half, we got a little bit more into it. Defending got a little bit better. We got a bit into the possession a little bit more, but still quite scrappy. I think with our passing and, and kind of the way that we're trying to run and play these through balls has got us a bit stuck at sometimes, especially against some teams in the Premier League as well as playing in the Champions League tonight. What was your overriding feeling throughout the second half? Did you feel a little bit of hope or do you still think, oh shit, we're going to be still for a bit of a battering here? I mean, after the first half, it felt like they were going to come out and just bombard us again and we were just going to be absorbing wave after wave. But we did grow into it and I mean, there was one point the game was so open at thinking the commentators alluded to it being like a basketball match. It was just end to end. And that was the moment I cashed out my bet at 0-0. Because <laughs> I was just like, oh, God, there's going to be a goal one way or the other here. So I played it safe, which I'm sure Will will be fuming at. But, you know, <laughs> we're only £2 down, but that's the risk I was going to take. You can see both teams were retiring, especially in the second half, and that's when it became so open. And like you say, too many silly mistakes, just misplaced passes, just them being kind of a yard behind players. Like I think... One in particular, Bruno just fired it off the sideline, nowhere near anyone. Isaac, again, just seemed to run out of puff a little bit and just struggled towards the end. And that was a little bit surprising because he didn't play on Saturday. So I would have mm. thought he would have been all out. But I think once he moved to the left, sometimes he becomes a little bit uninterested. And for me, he's not a lone striker. I don't know what you think. He just struggles to hold the ball up well enough. And he's got more energy. He needs to be out wide running at players and... I just don't think he's got the luxury the way players just stand him up and he's got the back to goal. Yeah, I totally agree. And what they were saying on the radio as well, they were going with what I was saying last week where Isaac's not really that kind of strong number nine and apparently he prefers to play there. But I think in the past he's had maybe someone playing like in the 10 rule behind him, giving him a bit more support than where we are at the minute. I definitely see him either right or left. I don't really mind. I think the left side is going to be a lot harder because I think Gordon, again, has played very well, given a lot of run. He did well versus Calabria, which is their right back. Definitely gave him a bit of trouble, so there's not really much room for him there. The right-hand side, I mean, I'd stick him in over Miggy every day of the week as long as he does that track back, which I think he's got a certain mentality too, especially more mm-hmm. than, say, Miggy. But then at the same time, you've got the hard-running potential Harvey Barnes to keep out on the right-hand side. And then you've also got Murphy who can fill into that kind of area as well. So, yeah, it's a tough one. And I suppose we'll get into the changes for next week and see what it is. But just kind of keeping on this, was there any other kind of villains as such for Newcastle United? And is there anyone else that you'd like to give a shout out for having a a really good performance there, either starting or whoever came off the bench? Yeah, I think we alluded to Murphy starting and how that was a bit tactical. And he, as you'd expect, just ran his socks off and he pressed from the front and it's quite clear from the way Milan likes to play out from their goal kicks. And that seems just like that little roll to the centre half, which I never understand. Probably sound like an old man now. Saying <laughs> I just don't understand why the goalkeeper would pass the ball two yards to his left and just have a player 
bounding down on him like Murphy, who's pretty quick off the mark. So that was a clear tactical thing and it seemed to work quite well. And just the energy he brings and yeah, I think he had a shot from distance with his left foot. He tried to bend yeah, it around. Curl. Unfortunately, he just didn't quite curl enough, but he certainly offers you something going forwards. And he's almost a bit more versatile than Miggy because Miggy cuts back a lot. Yeah, I thought Murphy did his job. He's at probably, for me, let the side down a little bit. I think just get used to Gordon having good games, nothing too flashy, but he takes the game like to run at players. And I just, I think Bruno ran out of legs, unfortunately. I'm a little surprised to see him go before 90 after clearly just about 80 minutes tiring. And just got to shout out the whole defence and especially Pope again, just being solid. Oh, and Kieran Trippier, the man loves the Champions League. He was running his socks off till the end. And I think there was one tackle where he slid in and somehow managed to win the ball and then keep the ball in place, slide off the field, run back and keep possession. And I just like, yeah, this bloke loves it, doesn't he? And he's just showed his class again and his leadership. And he's just, yeah, I think this is his competition this year, isn't it? 100%. He's absolutely full of it. I think Tripp's had a great game. He was tested all day long with the speed on that kind of left-hand side. He'd be sleeping well tonight, poor lad. I'm totally with you on the Isaac. I think he just lacked today. I just don't think he really fully had it in him, whether it was nerves or something that he, he felt like he had to prove himself something. Maybe there's a bit of pressure on him. Who knows? potentially get him in for the, the next couple of games to come and see how he gets on. I think Anderson, again, when he came on, is just full of run. But in the Champions League, it's a little bit different to playing some teams in the Premier League. It's a like, different atmosphere. It's a total different kind of mentality. But I think he will grow into it. He's a very smart footballer. So I think if we keep giving him that kind of access to that type of football and maybe he's even starting him a bit more, it will gain his confidence. And if we ever play him against PSG or Dortmund either home or away I'm sure he would absolutely relish in the chance Wilson obviously come on looking a bit argy-bargy early on but then I think our players were just a bit too knackered to actually give him any half-decent service to feet like you mentioned Bruno was running on absolute fumes at the end but it's hard to think who do you really bring on there we already used our kind of sentiment in Anderson who were missing Willick missing Joe Linton so there wasn't necessarily anyone to put in there which is I guess hard calls, but they get paid the big bucks to do that and manipulate the formations a little bit to work. And hopefully we've got a bit of a plan B and C when it comes to the next kind of couple of games. Who knows what happens in the Premier League if we potentially pick up knocks, if injuries that are already there last a little bit longer, we're going to have to have that kind of little bit of a shuffle and a shake-up really. Is there any more points that you've got or anything you want to highlight for the, the rest of the Milan game before we head over into a break and into Sheffield United? Uh, I don't think so. I just think that... I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing and things, but when the game opened up a little bit, I was just calling out to have Harvey Barnes on the pitch. And I think we had a couple of counter-attacks, which ended up at Isaac. And Isaac, unfortunately, whether he was tired or I don't know, but made a couple of mistakes. I was just like, oh, if that had been Barnes with some fresh legs just two minutes earlier, I honestly think we could have got away with three points there. And yeah, I mean, going back to the referee, blowing full-time when we've just won another corner is... Uh, it's a bit of, bit of pill to swallow because I was, I, was, I was all up for a bottom and last minute winner, like a smash and grab in Milan. Written in the history books. That would have been a dream, wouldn't it? <laughs> sure. But uh, it just sums up the reference game. But no, I think, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about changes and things. Those moments are just like, oh, please just give us some new legs and get Barnes or someone on just to take the game to them because mm-hmm. I think it was there for taking, but you can't knock a point away at the San Siro first game back in 20 years, can you? I think that's an unreal result 
first up and actually gives me a bit of confidence going into Dortmund and PSG away. I mean, Dortmund's going to be a completely different game. But uh, yeah, bring it on. Last point, I suppose, is a sum up. We weathered the storm. We didn't have our first shot until about 42 minutes, which was Murphy's. I don't even think at the target. No. Again, second half was a, a bit more of an effort put in by everybody. If it hadn't have fallen to Longy in the box at the, right at the end and someone else who has shooting boots, it might have been a different story. But alas, like I say, one point to take from the group early on, I think is really good. If we can do that and improve the results at home, I think the, the group is is definitely there for the taking for us and, and moving on through. Right, that basically wraps up that. We'll go for a short advert break before we jump in to chat about Sheffield United, the upcoming fixture in the Premier League. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participation restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. All right, and welcome back, if you're still with us. Hope you're still reveling in the fact that we are in Champions League and getting some points away from home, which is absolutely fantastic. But we move back to domestic football now, back to the Premier League. We have Sheffield United away at Bramall Lane on Sunday the 24th of this month at 4.30pm kickoff, so we're on the, on the TV. Sheffield currently sits 17th after five games with only a point and a minus four goal difference. The last four games between Sheffield and Newcastle is three wins to Newcastle and one loss to Sheffield. So odds are looking in our favour. You've done your homework, haven't you? Yeah, I definitely have. Will doesn't do this (laughs) shit, does he? (laughs) As we kind of always do, we go into a bit of potential changes and restings and who are we doing Gray, do you finally see Bruno getting some potential bench time after his recent kind of performances? Well, I think it all comes down to if Joe Linton might be back fit. I think Willicks had a setback, hasn't he? So I don't think he will be seeing him anytime soon. He's running on fumes, wasn't he, today? Strikes he's the type of guy who always wants to play, but something's going to have to give. So whether that be either resting him on Sunday against Sheffield or against City on Wednesday, I don't know. The two big games, given our start to the Premier League, we can't really complain at the results, given who we played. I think it was always going to be a rocky start, but another three points, I think, is certainly a must-have on Sunday. So, yeah, it'd be hard not to see him not play on Saturday and probably more likely to be rested against City, I'd say. Mm. Yeah, I think as a kind of season as a whole, if we're stepping back, it's very similar if you look at the game. So... Are we kind of behind? Are we struggling? I don't know. I think the mentality of the group is there to bring it back. But like you say, the fixtures coming in is Milan, then Sheffield, then City in the Cup, and then Burnley, then PSG. So it's not like we're going to get a run of maybe tough games. It's a very 
opposite polar fixtures as such, not trying to put any shame or bad juju on the games for the Sheffield and Burnley stuff. But compared to the teams like Milan, City and PSG, there is a different kind of golfing class there. For me, I think we probably rest Bruno. He looked pretty knackered and depends how quickly he can bounce back. It might just be a thing where we can give him 30 minutes and keep his legs ticking over before we go into a cup fixture with City, depending if that's important to us at this time. It depends where we are at after the Sheffield game, so not trying to look too far ahead. J7 could be back. I think he would fit straight in there and you would probably keep Longy and... Tonali probably going, but then also you've got Anderson there as well. So we've got problems in the midfield and that's good to have that kind of selection problem. I think for the rest of the whole thing, I think we bring back Wilson in. For me personally, I think he did really well at Brentford. And I think what we need against Sheffield United is, is a bit of a bully. Get him back. I'd keep Gordon out on the left. And then it's a toss-up for me between Barnes and Isaac up top. Obviously, keeping the back four slash Pope in the same role, same rhythm, I think is fine. Maybe he's even give Hall a bit of a chance or get him some minutes in the second half. I don't know about you, but that's what my changes would be if you were going to have a look at the squad at the Hall. As a whole, I think, yeah, Wilson, fully expect him to start again. I think we might see that being a common trend, just alternating between Isaac and Wilson with Wilson probably getting priority in the Premier League, given his run of form at the moment and his goal-scoring prowess, which we all love to see. And yeah, call on the right-hand side, I think it's hard. I don't see Bizak playing on the right. So whether Gordon comes across to the right, possibly Izak starting on the left, but I'd probably expect Barnes to start over Izak on the left. So have Gordon, Wilson and Barnes as we started mm. the other day. But then again, Gordon's played a lot of football, so... Maybe Barnes will start, Gordon gets rested. I think we're just high. <laughs> so much speculation. Come on, gun to your head. Who are you choosing? I'd probably like us to start front the way we start against Brentford. So Barnes on the left, Wilson and Gordon, just plenty of energy, that bit of fight from Wilson. And yeah, I think it would give Sheffield a lot to cope with. So yeah, look forward to that. And back four is probably going to say the same, but I'd fully expect Hall to come in for City. I mean, we're probably jumping ahead <laughs> and covering half of what we're going to talk about in the next episode. But yeah, I think mm. I'd highly expect to see probably Hall and Livermento get game time against City in midweek. Cool. And saying that, now you've half-picked the team, what is your prediction while we wait for probably a very drunk Mr. Blake in uh, Milan to get back to me about what his predictions are? Hopefully he gets here in time. But what's your predictions? like to see us keep a clean sheet this week again. So, I mean, three clean sheets in a row, nothing to knock at. Be good signs and, you know what, why not get a few goals? It is a way, so maybe a bit trickier, but I do like us scoring three goals. But, I mean, all right, was yeah, why not go for that this week? Say, I'll say 2-0, Newcastle. 2-0 and a back-to-back clean, or th- that's what it be, three yeah. clean sheets in a row, back-to-back-to-back. That'd be mad. Yeah, I'd love that. Oh, what do I really feel? Oh, I hope we'd just get off to an absolute flyer against them with a nice one or two early goals within the first 25, 30. So, oh, go on. I'm going to go 3 0 to the town away to Sheffield. I think we've Love got it. something in the locker. So let's be positive. Will has actually messaged me, luckily in time. He's gone 3 1 to Newcastle. So. Everyone's going for the goals to be scored. I wonder if that's going to actually happen. We both think it's going to be clean sheets, which is good, but obviously Will's wavering slightly after. It might just be the drink talking, all the Moretti's that he's had, no doubt, for his time in Milan. (laughs) That's pretty much it. I suppose we look forward to the next game, which will be this weekend against Sheffield United. We all think we're going to win, so 
obviously big up the lads we'll have another review one probably at the weekend before the city game kicks off it's gonna be a very quick fast schedule for us but we're looking forward to getting really stuck in so i think that's pretty much it thank you very much for listening guys and we'll see you in the next one goodbye away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five year warranty. And with a bench full of all star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.